everybody. Welcome to Music Therapy. I'm Jessica Risker. I'm a musician based here in Chicago, Illinois, and I am also a licensed clinical professional counselor. Music Therapy is a show slash podcast. I started uh, pretty early on during the uh, pandemic of 2020 to offer mental health support, uh, particularly to my musician community, but it's sort of grown into something where I talk to other musicians about uh, music-related issues, creativity, about careers, um, just all kinds of things that uh, I, I want to know about and I think a lot of other people who are interested in the creative process and, and being an artist want to know about too. So that's what the show is about. Um, if you want to know more about the podcast or listen to past episodes or watch them, they're also on YouTube, just visit my website at jessicarisker.com and I've got a link to podcast, my own music, and uh, other stuff that you can find, upcoming guests and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm not going to waste any time. I'm going to jump right into uh, the show with my guest, Rami Atassi, um, who's going to be joining. I'm really excited to talk to Rami. I haven't seen him for a really long time. Um, and let me go ahead and invite Rami on. And I hear him. Hi. Hi. I think we're together now. Yeah. How are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Looks like you're in your studio space. I'm in my in my house in the basement, the home studio. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, so it's it's cool. I actually I'm a little bummed because I I listened to today I listened to that episode with Dave, episode fifty, and I heard you played a tune at the top, and I was like, oh, is Jessica gonna play a tune? You know, it was <laughs> I. Yeah, I I stopped doing that because it. Um, it's a lot. I have a two-year-old. I want to talk to you about having a small yeah, child because you said you did. So sometimes it feels like a lot to get everything ready, but uh, maybe I'll dub it in later. I'll do it in post. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, post, I want yeah. to do one of your songs in post too. But uh, um, yeah, let's let's jump in. I've been kind of been starting. I'll start the same way as I've been starting with everybody, which is just to kind of get us oriented to your life. Like, what does your daily, weekly life look mm -hmm. like? these days right well um you mentioned having a two-year-old i have a seven seven month old so i'm a new dad um so that's pretty awesome so my day-to-day -day is kind of um when i'm not working is kind of oriented around his schedule which is pretty yeah. great so we, we we wake up together in the morning um so that's cool that's kind of how i start my day uh you know and then um and fortunately you know we we're we're lucky we're working we have childcare, so you know on working days um sometimes i'm down here in my space but often i go to my studio downtown so i'm working there um and yet yeah, th these days the work is a mix of just you know um the music work um and then also I, I have a design practice that i've had for about five years like um doing web design and that sort of thing um so that that's that's been solid and i've been pretty busy with music pretty busy with design and just you know going at it do you have a real mishmash of things going on? Yeah, I do. I do, for sure. I mean, you know, I, I definitely uh, was playing a lot more music out before the pandemic. So that's the way I stay connected to the music community. And I wasn't so much bringing those worlds together, you know, but now that we're all just kind of at home, I've been, I've been putting more music on the internet and that sort of thing. <laughs> so you said you're part of what you're doing during the day is working on music and going to a studio. So what are you doing exactly? Oh yeah, for sure. So, um, so this year I've started more teaching. So like today I had a lesson. Um, so I started teaching guitar. So that's been cool, which I, I used to do like one-on-one -on -one with people in, um, in the suburbs mostly, you know, uh, but now it's like over the internet. So uh -huh. some of that. Yeah. Um, and then usually there's like a couple projects, uh, to do some work on. So 
usually playing guitar for folks it's tracking remotely so like maybe i'm tracking something fresh or there's notes that i have to go over or whatever um so like i just finished up uh i just finished up something for a group called uh panchromatic steel uh and they're in madison and so it was like original tune with this awesome like steel orchestra and i just played guitar um so that that was fun uh but you know something like that like like tomorrow i'm doing like a, a small session with a friend and we're it's kind of like we've got some tracks that we're each producing, so we're going to give each other feedback, stuff like that. Okay. Um, so that's, yeah, that's mainly the music work type of work that I've been doing. Yeah. Someone commented, love watching your shorty Instagram guitar lessons. <laughs> oh, Marielle. <laughs> totally. Marielle is awesome. She's a, she was the officiant at our wedding, so she has oh. to say that. Yeah. <laughs> no, so no, what, yeah. can you yeah. talk about the, uh, the guitar lessons that you're doing? I've seen them too on Instagram doing videos. Oh yeah, totally. So, um, so yeah, so, so this year I kind of started formalizing my teaching practice. I made this website, guitartactics.net. Um, and I started making like long form lessons. So like back in the fall, I was making these long form lessons and sending them to friends and people that I had taught and just like getting feedback on it. Um, and then, you know, I started putting those out, but the thing is, I, I feel like unless it's someone that I know, or I've worked with, like, uh, 20 minutes, 30 minutes to watch a video and do an exercise is a big commitment. So, you know, I, I kind of got, got the message that it would be helpful to have things be a little bit shorter by getting feedback on the, the lessons and stuff from people that I, I didn't know. And I had just met. Right. Um, so yeah. So then I started doing these shorter lessons and, and I've been kind of, I've got, you know, a, a, a bunch of them kind of in the can and I'm just kind of sharing them. I record those down in my studio this week. I haven't recorded any lessons actually, but usually that's something I'm, I'm doing. Yeah. So, um, how does it, I guess I have a few questions. Well, one is how is it giving lessons over video versus doing it in person? How's that been? Oh, um, well, it's been cool. It's totally different. I mean, when I was giving lessons in person, it was much more about playing together and, and sort of jamming. I mean, of course we're working like technical things and but like there's a lot that happens through osmosis when you just play with a guitar player and when i take lessons because i'll still like take but i would usually take often like in person but i've taken zoom lessons too mm -hmm. um i've always really gotten a kick out of out of the lessons where you're like sort of jamming with somebody or just kind of learning through osmosis kind of getting from their aura so that's what it's like to play with like a a masterful player and get a lesson from them um but when you're teaching like you know, you're meeting with somebody every week and you're trying to help them advance their guitar skills. It's a little more structured. Mm -hmm. I, I like the online format because uh, the one thing we can't do is play together, but it's a lot more show and tell, mm -hmm. um, you know, and uh, and so I, I sort of like get to watch people play and then give them feedback and then they do some more playing. And I play a lot less, which is actually kind of cool. You know, in the in-person lessons, you play a lot. Like, Let me show you this. Let me show you that. But it can actually be somewhat disruptive to just be doing that over a Zoom lesson because you might with the lag and everything, they might start trying to play, yeah. you know, and you might be playing over each other. So they play a lot more and it's like a lot more feedback. So that part's been cool. Yeah. Do you it's have different. a preference for in-person versus video? Oh, for teaching. I like the video teaching. Yeah. You do. Okay. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. Someone just wrote, uh, they like the one minute, but maybe three minutes would be good to have a little more detail for your lessons. Oh, geez. Well, I do have, um, you can go to my website. They're like 20 minutes long there. So <laughs> what's your website? We'll, we'll, um, we'll get it in. We'll sneak it in. Oh yeah. It's, um, it's called uh, guitartactics.net. And I used to have it. You have to sign up to get the lessons, but now I just made all the long form lessons free. So, um, but I will try to make some, some more in the, in the medium range there. You know, it's, it's funny. You, you were like, okay, I'm going to make some videos and share and get to meet people and, and kind of get this out there. And you realize, wow, like making these videos takes a lot of time. It's a worthwhile endeavor and it, it bears fruit, but it's like, whoa, that's pretty time consuming. So, 
you know? Is it, you know, um, part of my personal interest in doing this podcast is talking to other musicians about career and um, how they make just, you know, their music work and whether that's part of their money-making Totally. you know endeavor so when you're making these videos or doing lessons are you is that something you're hoping to uh get income on is it just something you're sort of offering for people or how are you thinking about right now your your website your guitar tactics website oh yeah well you know i think for me like so i you know before like i think for some people um being like a full-time musician so be like oh and you get that question are you a full-time musician that's like a goal for me, that has never as much been a goal on career. Go- the goal has been more like, I like working for myself. Um, so uh-huh. I w- wanted to like do that. So I've been in that spot for some time. And for sure, I've looked at music as a way to generate income, but I've mostly looked at it as a means of like self-expression, you know. Um, but as uh, as the studio has gotten built up and, and more work has been going on, you know, this year I was kind of like, okay, this is a year where cause I like to invest in my music projects, you know, and I, I have a, a, a business that, okay, I can do that. But it's like this year it was like, I, I just don't really want to keep running music at a loss every year. You know what I yeah. mean? Like losing money on music, like maybe making some, but at least breaking even. So yeah, I think it's, it's part of it for sure. So when you, I'm, I'm kind of going over some of the, we checked in beforehand and some of the yeah. topics we, one of them you had mentioned was, this is sort of a bullet point, but music as a personal practice versus music as performance versus music as a job. Can you talk about some of the thoughts that are oh, yeah. connected to that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, I mean, I think like music as a personal practice, for me, music as a personal practice, that's the thing that like I, I, I love the most. So, you know, I, I just like to play and it is kind of that simple. And I, I, try to carve out time for that. And the, you know, when, when working on music projects with other people, mm-hmm. I'm fortunate that most of the stuff that comes my way is like, you kind of just do your thing, you know, uh, probably cause if you want it in a, in a super precise way, exactly the way you want it, there's probably another very yeah. good guitar player for that, you know? Um, so the personal practice thing, you know, has just been a part of my life since I was like 13 or 14 and it's always been there. So even like, you know, in becoming a dad, people are like, Oh, well you'll maybe play some less guitar, but it's like, you just find time. Maybe it's just 15 or 20 minutes, but it's just like you're in the zone. So that's the thing that I really crave and love out of music. Um, but, you know, music as a job is cool. And I've, I've tried that in different formats. Uh-huh. Um, but I think, you know, it's just about, it's just about finding work that you think makes sense for you and your, in your life. Cause there's a lot of work that you, different types of work that you can do in music. Like I was listening to that podcast with Dave and he's, amazing has an awesome business around like producing records and, yeah. hearing and so on you know so there's all these little like segments that you can that you can work on I, i've tried a few you know what have you tried uh, uh so i've tried so i worked at an audio recording studio um as like a music supervisor this was like a long time ago this was like uh-huh. 10 years 10 years ago so i was a music supervisor and i did some composition for like music for advertising um and it was it was pretty cool, but I, I wasn't like super geeked on on composition for for advertising. I think if somebody came to me and said, "I love this piece of music that you have, we'd like to put it ahead," it's like, please go go right ahead. But yeah. the whole thing of like writing to spec when you can just go to like I could tell you ten great music libraries you can go to and just pull tracks from. So I wasn't super digging like like that, you know. Um, but that was definitely something I, I I tried and did for a couple of years. And you could, if I know it's not easy to get into, but you can make money that way totally commercial music is <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah yeah 
I, I think it's less uh, than it, I know a lot of people are going to libraries and stuff like that, but as compared to like making maybe making your old out al- your own album uh, for some people that it that might be I don't know. So you didn't you didn't love creating for somebody else's kind of vision for commercial. Well, I mean, just, I just felt like the, the kind of the advertising, maybe it was just the spot that I was at. Cause like all the clients who came in were through that studio and all that yeah. stuff. Um, it's not that I don't like for working for somebody else. I, else's vision I'd say, cause I, I really dig that. Um, cause I love playing in people's bands. I love doing film scoring. I love all that stuff where you're kind of hooking onto somebody else's idea. Uh-huh. I think where I had, I mean, at that time, I just probably didn't even have the composition uh, chops uh, to be able, because they want stuff with a bunch of different instruments and a bunch of different sounds. And it's usually like, uh-huh. oh, I need this like ukulele thing. And it's like, I'd spend a lot of time trying to do that. Um, and I, I mean, that was 10 years ago. So <laughs> I hopefully yeah. I've come a little way in composition since then. But I think that my chops were, were, were pretty weak, probably for that, that endeavor. So at yeah. that time. You know? So you tried that. What else did you try as far as music as career or job, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, gigging, of course, mm-hmm. um, you know, playing gigs, um, doing some touring. Uh, and I, I thought that was that was fine. It's always, you know, it's nice to get paid for a gig and it's nice to get paid for a tour. That's great. Um, I definitely enjoy that thing of, of playing music for new people every night. It's an amazing rush. Um, so you can't get over that. Uh, but um you know, the actual lifestyle of touring. I mean, I know you've done some touring. The actual lifestyle of touring, I found to be like, it just kind of wore me out. Yeah. I'm like one of those types of people who, I'm a kind of a studio rat. Like I love to be in the studio and I, I kind of like to wake up at the same time every day. And I like to work in the morning, you know, instead of super late at night. I'm not like a, as much of a night owl. So touring was like a little rough, you know? Yeah. 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 So you tried that. Um, yeah. 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 Is I there, did. are there any, and so you're doing also music lessons and- yep. Is there anything else music related that you were really pursuing as a source of income? Not really. I mean, I make my own records and I, I put out my own music and yeah. like I, I play and I play when I play gigs, I take a band out and I like pay the band fairly. So it's usually like a break even proposition, you know, yeah. um, and it's like local, right? Like I'm not like taking big bands on the road where, where yeah, there's there's a lot of income on top of that or anything like that. I mean, definitely pursue all that, but not not like it's a job. So you yeah. you put out an album last year, right? I did. Yeah. I put out an album last year. Yep. Um, which was the first time I'd done that. Um, so that was, that was a cool experience. Yeah. It was an album of, um, of duets, uh, with this awesome bass player, like a mentor of mine, um, Tatsu Aoki. Uh, and, uh, he and I had, well, actually this was the, the first time we played a duet show. We played together, which is, we played at comfort station. Yeah. That was such a great, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. That was so great. And, and, uh, and you played, I think you played at least one of the lullabies. So that was awesome. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember that. And um, and Josh, like, just shredding. And he's such a such a great player. So anyways, I have, like, super fond memories of, of that gig. Okay, and so the story with that is that Tatsu, we kind of, like, whenever we gig with Tatsu, he just records everything. He's one of these guys. He's got, like, 99 records or something on his label. So he's like, oh, let's just, you know, record it for kicks. And I, I never heard anything about it. And then he, <laughs> this is pretty far out, but he took that recording and he made it into, a like, a vinyl. He didn't tell me about it. And he gave me as a wedding gift, this big box that said wedding album. And I was like, oh, like a photo. He's a photographer too. So I was like, is it photos? And I opened it up and it's like five of these records that he pressed from that show. That oh. we did. So yeah, yeah. So he kind of did that and it planted a seed for me like, oh, we should make a, a duet record that's maybe a little 
a little more intentional. I remember that day I was like coming from work. I was stressed out. I had a hard time parking. I remember like being like, ah, I was like, we should make something that's like a little more in the, in the pocket. So, um, we did that, you know, we did these three sessions uh-huh. all to, um, tape machine cast scam, like uh, half inch reel to reel all live. Um, did you record it yourself? Yep. Yeah. It was uh-huh. just the two of us and it was pre pandemic, but it was like what you would imagine a more of a pandemic style recording would be, yeah. like, you know? Yeah. So, and so we did that and, um, and then it took, I mean, it took like a year to finish cause we picked takes and mixed it and mastered it and all that stuff. Uh-huh. And we, you know, we were going to have a release show like last March, but that's, uh... yeah, of course, you know? Um, but yeah, that was, that was just, that was the thing. And, uh, it's on Spotify and yeah. what's it called? It's called Atashi Warami, which is like, uh, it's Tatsu, he named it. Uh, it's like a pun on my name. Like Atashi, Atashi Warami means uh, uh, I'm Rami, like it's in, in Japanese. And it's also kind of sounds like my name. So how did you guys connect? How did your relationship start? Oh, man. Uh, so that was through, well, do you know Caleb Willits? Yeah. So Caleb, you know, great engineer and songwriter. Um, so he introduced me to Tatsu. We were both playing in Caleb's band. Tatsu was playing bass. I did not know who he was or didn't, and didn't know like sort of how prolific he was. He just kind of showed up to a session one day and uh-huh. like had, had a beer and played. And then um, we hit it off. And then a few months later we did some more and I kind of uh, like looked him up. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Oh, heavy. Uh, I, it's always, that's why I never, I never really think or look ahead at who's going to be on the session or on the gig. Cause I like to be sort of surprised and not, in any way psyched out um so we we connected like that and it was cool that's great um yeah. well let's see I'm, I'm trying to think of where to go i'm i'm uh referring a little bit to the list that i made that you made uh for oh, yeah. about. um i kind of want to jump to asking you about i'm really interested to hear about as a parent i have a two and a half year old and something yes. that you know, I I pretty much always wanted a family, but I was really nervous about how my music would be impacted because I really take I, I really enjoy that part of my life and didn't want to lose that. I'm curious what your relationship, you know, with music and the idea of having children and how it you know how you pictured it before and how it's looked seven months old. That's pretty little. That's pretty demanding. How is that? How is all of that going? Yeah. Well, uh, for me, it's a lot of fun. I mean, you know, having a really good time with it, <laughs> honestly. Are you? Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it actually is. I am, I am. No, I know. I'm, I'm enjoying parenting. Uh, I mean, we're pretty fortunate. Like we, like I said, we have pretty good, we have good childcare and um, my mother-in-law, she watches him during the week. Uh-huh. And so, you know, that's very, very helpful. Like, yeah. especially trying to like line up a daycare right now would be uh, crazy. Yeah. So props for that and thanks um so i'm i'm grateful like very a lot of gratitude and a lot of fun as far as like going into it of course like i had uh early on um thinking about having kids those anxieties of like this is just gonna like eat music or eat creativity in a way but i found the inverse is true for me just because um you know i have like a flexible schedule so i'm it's not like uh um if when I'm working, like a lot of that working time, I'm, it is creative time in one way or another, you know? So, and, and some slice of that is, is very musical and very like in the zone. So like in a way, um, being a parent has given me a lot, a lot more energy to put to certain things. I mean, he's kind of like, he's a pretty good sleeper. So that's probably part of it, but I just kind of like, has got me like a little pumped up. And so it, it, 
it's been the opposite of what I thought, you know? Um, but there are definitely, you know, there are definitely challenges in just that, like, if you want to be creating and also just want to, you're going to be busy and you're not going to have a lot of downtime. Like I have like no downtime, you know, I mean, uh-huh. I, it, to, to get like 10 minutes of just whoo, chilling out. I yeah. mean, you know, uh, that you don't have a lot of that. And so, you know, no, I'm thinking about, um, this topic from trying to think about from the perspective of somebody who maybe isn't at that phase of life yet. And they're kind of thinking about what would that look like? How would I make that work? And, you know, you're, you're making it sound, you're not making it sound easy, but you're making it sound doable and enjoyable. I think part of what I hear you say is that, or, you know, is that you, your life has been arranged already in a way that you're already doing a lot of creative music stuff that that's, that's a big piece of what was set in place. I could imagine, you know, for myself, I don't know what you think, but if I were working a nine to five and I had a commute and then I came home and took care of the kids and whatever, I think it would be harder than the situation that I currently have. And maybe thinking about how you had established maybe pieces of your life to that was sort of already there that could continue musically. If that makes sense. Oh, for sure. I think it would be impossible with a nine to five. Like I would, I, I don't know that I could do that, you know? And I, I think like, um, I think that that's a good point about, I hadn't sort of thought of that until you brought it up that it, certain things are set up in a way, but that was intentional. Cause I was like, I knew that we knew that we wanted to have kids and, mm-hmm. and I, I was just like anxious, probably very anxious about, um, how that was going to affect the work, you know? Yeah. And so I, I think before we actually uh, had the baby, I was thinking about for sure, like, okay, what are the parts of the creative world that I like, that I don't mind spending my time doing, or even like spending my time doing that I can get paid for. And how can like, I just kind of move in those directions a little bit, you know, um, because having a, you know, having like a, a demanding because you know most nine to five jobs they're not like actually 40 hours. they're like 50 hours or like 55 hours yeah. often you know like that, that especially in the pandemic like desk work like everyone's just at their computers so it's very like like my wife Jess has like a job at a software technology company it's very uh-huh. demanding it's very demanding you know yeah. um and uh I, I think that often like we hear a lot about like flexible work and like work from home and all this stuff with the pandemic but Often it just means like you're at home working 10 hour days, you know, I have a lot of friends yeah. who are in that situation. So that would be hard. It would be hard to find time to be creative, you know, as a parent and be a parent. That would almost be impossible, I think. So <laughs> how, you know, you know, that you had these priorities and these music activities sort of set in place. And like you said, that was intentional. How mm-hmm. long, how much in advance of actually having a child were you thinking about arranging your life in a way that would both fit having oh. a child and being able to do music in a way that felt satisfying for you? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, probably five years. Five years? Yeah. You know, something like that. Three, five years. You're, you're thinking about how am I going to arrange this? I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think also at that time I was doing a lot more gigging and especially in the last three years, more gigging and more like touring. And I had kind of intentionally started moving things in another direction before the pandemic started. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I would say that, that probably about that 
amount of time. And you were intentionally moving things before the pandemic started because? Um, well, I was moving things that way because we knew that we were going to have a baby. Okay. So I was like, I'm not going to be like, for example, like year one, you know, because I was doing tours, but you know, they're not, it's not like the type of tour where it's like, okay, we're going on the road for a year, bring the yeah. family, you're on at salary, you know, you know, it's a, it's an indie rock tour, you know? Yeah. So I was like, I'm not going to be doing that, that probably for the first year of, of, of life. So I was thinking that anyways, you know, um, just cause of having a baby. Does that feel like a sacrifice? Um, I gotta say, honestly, not so much because I, I think I wasn't super digging the, uh-huh. the schedule of the touring, you know, it felt more like a synergy thing than a sacrifice. Um, but there, I'm sure there are some, <laughs> some sacrifices to be made. I mean, we're only seven months in, you know? So, I mean, are you feeling any sacrifices? Um, well, I just think like, I feel like the areas of my life where I'm sacrificing time are more like, just like, you know, uh, like exercise, like I like to run, but like, I'm not like running all the time. Do you know what I mean? Or just like, Oh, like, you know, like it's a lot of like the little, like, like parts of your personal life. That's like where the sacrifices are made right now for me, you know? Yeah. Uh, like just like, Oh yeah. Like not like having like extra time or, but I haven't like had to give, give any, anything, any like one thing up, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Cause it just doesn't, I don't know. My, my experience of, of parenting has been that, you know, it doesn't, it has not yet been super complicating for my identity, I guess. But from a lot of dads that I know, that's like number one thing that I hear. I'm like, Oh, they're like, you know, like I had a client who was like my, I was on this project right when Elliot was born and I told everybody on the project, like I'm going to be gone, you know, for, uh, so just like when we, when we took the project, I was like, okay, I'm not going to be here uh, at this time. Um, but when he was born, you know, the, so I come back on the project a few weeks later, cause like, it's not really something you can just like leave long time for a long time. Um, and, uh, the client's like, he's like, Oh, like get ready. Like my son's name is Elio. He's like, get ready, man. He's like in a year, it's just, you're going to be Elio's dad. And that's it. You know, that's going to be your life. And I was like, cool, man, that's cool for you. <laughs> I, I'm, that, is, I'm, that doesn't sound great for me. I mean, I want to be his dad, but like that, that was like yeah, a kind of almost like a dark, yeah, like a, almost like a dark suggestion from, from him. I was like, whoa, all right. <laughs> yeah. I kind of want to talk to that person and see maybe they, uh, yeah, I, I yeah. don't think that that, hopefully that, doesn't need to feel that way for most people. I think it'd be good to have a balance where you still get to keep the other parts of your identity. But do you think it's like, not to press on it too much, but I do think, you know, again, going back to somebody who maybe is like, how would I make that work in the future? And that was my experience too, that, uh, you know, it, it wasn't something that was just going to fall into place to have a kid and be able to retain music. It was something that I'd consciously think about arranging my life um, so that time would be, there would be time and energy to do that. It wasn't, you know, I I could have easily stayed at another like full-time nine to five kind of job and felt like, man, I just don't have the, I'm just tired and I just can't do it and felt really bad about it. And I think with that being intentional and planning ahead really was very important for keeping that a priority totally it's so much like yeah exactly you have to think about it a lot 
yeah, and plan for possible. it. You know, it sounds like it, you did too, but it's very Yeah, possible. but it's possible. I mean, if you think about it, it's, I think it's possible to do, even if, you know, I don't, I don't consider it, I don't consider, and it is not like music is not my source of income. It's, it's pleasant when I make money off of music, but I don't count on it. And in some ways I like that, but, um, but I definitely have time to do it. And I think that it is possible. One thing that, you know, talking about touring, you're saying that maybe touring wasn't really the lifestyle for you anyway. But one thing that I struggled with was thinking like, how would I, even now it's like hard to think about leaving them for very long. And how would you feel? Would you be like, you know, all right, weekend, go out and get a break or would it be hard or how would it feel to you to leave for a few days or a few weeks? Oh, I, I mean, right now I would not be into that at all, yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, be, be, because I have a way that I can live in and be creative and see him like every day and it's awesome, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, I'm super fortunate and super grateful that I have um, a, a workspace out of, outside of my house. I have a great space at home where I can, I can like come in and plug in and in five minutes I'm going, yeah. but I have a place that I can go to uh-huh. and I go there re- pretty reliably a few days every week. Um and so that helps. And so then by the time, but by the time I get home from the work day, I'm like, oh, dude, like I have been, haven't even seen you at all. Like, you know, yeah. let's, let's, let's make sure we hang out a little bit before you go to bed. Cause it's, it's just fun. It's like at that, at that point where you're just, it's like playtime, you know? So. Do you, how do you feel parenthood, uh, both the experience of being a parent and also the change in your day-to-day life, has that impacted your own creativity or just your own music, your own production? Yeah. I mean, the main thing uh, is that, you know, I have less. It's, well, I got to say, like, okay, the thing that's really affected my production probably much more than um, being a new parent, although the first few months for sure, but it's just like the COVID thing. Like, I don't have a lot to compare it to because my way of, so like my way of, of making music with people leading up to the pandemic is like a few people in a studio yeah. for a day, you know, but there's not, we, I haven't like done any of that because it just doesn't seem like that'd be COVID safe. So that's been like the biggest, like, um, shit. Cause I have all these tunes, but it's like, it's like demos and like demoitis, you know, and I got a bunch of them, but like my way of working is I like to demo and then I, I like to play with like live musicians. So I've definitely been continuing to create a lot on the computer in demo format using Ableton and all that, but yeah. actually bringing that stuff to life, like, you know, you not, not so much. You feel kind of stuck, I would think. For sure. For sure. Like I had a session, you know, I had a session. So back, um, before the winter, you remember like, you know, the numbers were down. Everyone's like, maybe we'll try to get our sessions in. So like I, I had a session that I was trying to get scheduled with eight, like eight musicians, these compositions. I was like, I'm just going to go for this because um, if we can do it in a way that's COVID safe. And then it got delayed a few times because we were nervous. Well, one time I had trouble booking this, the right studio for a size like that uh-huh. on the timeline or whatever. And then, and then COVID. And then it's just like, we just had to help call the whole thing off, you know? So that was super uh frustrating Frustrating, and disappointing yeah 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 yeah. and just I was like down you know I was just like down because I just feel like when you're writing like once I had the session down the books which then got canceled but like then I was just writing for it all the time you know I'm just like excited I'm like all right I'm I'm gonna get the rehearsals going I'm writing for it all the time there's this momentum and then it just stops and it's like man those demos might just sit on the hard drive for eternity now because the next time we go in we'll probably write more for it because we're excited again you know Right. So it's, it's sad to lose momentum like that, but I mean, it's, I'm sure everybody, I don't want to complain too much about that. I'm sure every musician is feeling that vibe right now. 
Hey, it's been, you know, it's been interesting to talk to people and hear how they've been impacted by, and you've got not only COVID, but you've also got a new baby and, um, you know, that's a lot that, that's a lot of change. Um, I know some people are not feeling creative at all, you know, and some people had things like release shows canceled, like sounds like you did and that kind of stuff. And yeah, getting that momentum back is, and I, some people I talked to Maria Jacobson, but that was at the very beginning or maybe a couple months into it. She was like, I'm kind of glad for the break. Uh, like, I'm not really looking forward to She might probably feel different now, but she was like, I'm not really looking forward to the hustle Again, it's nice to slow down with music for a minute. I don't know. Are you looking forward to, how do you feel about seeing people again and getting back out there? And is that exciting? Is it scary? Oh, geez. Well, I'm, I'm so ready for it when the time is right. You know, I mean, I want to be careful um, and be safe and follow the guidance and all that. So, um, but yeah, like I, I would say that, I'm I'm very excited for that to return. I mean, I think the pace I I I would echo what Maria's saying is like, you know, the the pace of of everything before the pandemic for me often felt hectic. Uh-huh. So, you know, even before being a parent, like I just always had a lot of projects going on, like lots of different things, irons in the fire. And um and especially what is you know, could be hectic is um playing, let's say even if you're only playing three or four shows a month, but like you're playing them with different bands, you know, uh-huh. and then it's like, you're playing them oh, every yeah. weekend, you yeah. know? So that part, especially local shows, like that part was already kind of, I was kind of trying to do just less of that in general. Cause yeah. even, even at once a week, it can be pretty, pretty um, taxing, you know, uh, with different material and different groups and stuff like that. Um, so that was burning me out anyways. So, um, but I'll be glad when it's, I, I will not take it for granted again, though, obviously, you know, oh, I know, I know. Back, you know, so. Um, well, I want to ask you about, um, I want to ask you about social media. This is like something I've been thinking about starting to ask people in a regular way. Um, and you had actually mentioned social media and then I was looking at, do you do work with social media also? Yeah, so I, so I, yeah, so I, you know, as part of my, my pra- design practice that I have, uh-huh. um, I have done let's see, I've, I've had that practice for like five years. And before that I worked at a, a web design company for about five years. Uh-huh. I, I guess the practice I've had for more like four, but, um, and always, it's always stuff related to like digital marketing and design. Uh, the last few years I've had a couple clients where social media is one of the things that we do kind of like, I'm like part of a group of, um, a group of freelancers that are as serving this particular group of artists, like they're like comic artists. And so I do some of the social media, the email marketing, and it, but it's like a group, a group of us. Um, so it's not just me. Yeah. So that's been a, an, a client, a project that I've been on for like about three years. So that's like, um, you know, and that was a situation of like, we have, we're on a team of people. Here's an, an artist and they're going from, you know, they have a hundred thousand followers and now they have whatever. 650,000 followers on Instagram. It's not, it's not, it's for somebody at that level, they're famous, right? So it's not about like, it's, it's totally different than you or me, or most of what you think of as like an influencer using social media. This is like a famous person who has um, a whole business built around their art that they're just kind of like social media is just like one of their channels, you know? So um, professionally I've engaged with that. And then I teach this class, the class that got canceled for low enrollment and is now coming back in October. I teach this class at U Chicago called designing a social media strategy. Um, and I, I, so I taught, I've taught that, uh, 
and like I said, they just canceled it on us, but whatever. Um, but uh, I'm, I was team teaching it with somebody else who's a kind of like an expert in the field. Um, so yeah, so I've got like some of that professional experience. So for all of us musicians who want to dominate social media, what is the strategy? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Give me I don't know, but I think, me. yeah, I think I'm still figuring that out for myself. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't pitch other musicians. You know what I'm saying? It's way too close to home. Uh, you know, it's way too close to home. I mean, I think that the, the, the main thing for the, the person who's just doing it for themselves is, and I, I, I don't know, like, I guess it's the difference between using, cause like when I'm, sometimes I'm working on social media for a client or like right now I've got my, my guitar lessons thing. So I'm like trying to get that out there, but it's the difference between going there to work, do something that's work-related in an environment that's extremely, you're very distractible there. So like, it's, you know, so easy to get distracted, but you might be going there to do something that's work-related versus like using it as an input, like a source of what you consume, which we all do. Uh-huh. But that, that like kind of passive consumption off of social media, that's the part that I think more about. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I'm already here for work <laughs> yeah. and, and I, I'm here for some, to talk to some of my friends, you know, but like, where am I actually getting like my inputs from? <laughs> Is it social media, you know? Um, yeah, I got seeing this interested in social media course. I'll be so, okay. So somebody commented for later in the video, I'm interested in the social media course. I will be writing my counseling graduate studies thesis on mental health and social media. Um, yeah. I, uh, so when you think about it and as far as social media consumption, what are the things that you think about? Right. Um, well, just the, like to be, to try to be aware of not getting, so I think on, on, on a place like Instagram, it's about, you know, you want to be getting creative input from other places than an Instagram, or if it's like a Facebook, you want to be getting like news from other places than a Facebook. I mean, this might like sound obvious to some of the people listening to the podcast, um, because, um, I think like. Yeah. But, but I, 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 and so I, I think about that, you know, just like how, how to, how to get that input. So if you're spending a lot of time like on Instagram or on Facebook or wherever, like you're just getting all these different inputs. Well, where do you go to like get away from that? And so, I mean, for me that, you know, I I don't really, I I get news from podcasts. So that's pretty much how I, I get my news. So I don't really like go to the social media for news. I'm not like a big Twitter user. And then for like creative input, you know, honestly, I get most of that stuff from people that I know that I know like more like personally, like we text, like we're not on social media. It's like, Hey, like somebody yeah. might text, I'm making this thing. Um, or I'm listening to this thing and I'm like, Oh yeah, let me go check that out. You yeah. know? Uh, so that's like, I just have like a nice network of friends where, that I'm in touch with in a more like personal, not social media way. And that's where a lot of my good music recommendations come from, you know? So are you, you know, trying to be intentional about your social media use in these ways. Especially if you're doing it for, yeah, like in situations where I'm in, sometimes I'm doing it for work, you know? Um, and I think, uh, yeah, it's good to be, but, but it's, it's not like you always are because the whole thing is designed to distract you and make you click again. You know what I mean? And no one's immune. So what is your, uh, is there one social media site that you go to the most or like the best or have the most complicated relationship with? Uh, uh, well, I use, so in downtime, I read answers on Quora 
and, uh-huh. and Reddit and Reddit, uh-huh. you know, the Q and a format gets me every time I go there for stuff. Like, you know, I love to cook. So like, I got my, like, I got like some like cooking, like superheroes on Cora that uh-huh. I, I go to for, for recipes for sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You said you stay off of Twitter. Why is that? Um, well, geez, uh, it's newsy. Uh, and, and it's just so fast paced. And like the only time that I'm using it, you know, if, you know, on a project with a, with a client, sometimes there are big events or there are newsworthy events. Like you kind of, so I have an account and I'm like there and stuff, but, um, I also feel like it's just like, it's just packed with folks trying to be witty, which I mean, I like wit. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like what, that's like the currency on Twitter. And it's, I'm not always as amused by that as some people for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. that's, that's so, interesting. That Cora is your, uh, my, my, my friend Corey's like, he's like, he kind of ripped on me on it. He didn't know. I was like, I was like, Oh, what do you think about Cora? He's like, you know, it's, um, Cora's like, he's like Reddit for lame people. And I was like, yeah, yeah, man, you got. I thought Reddit was Reddit for lame people. <laughs> I know. Um, it's... I'm on Reddit, by the way. So I, I yeah, not as much as I used I to be, but uh, I'm not knocking anybody at all. Um, that's funny. Cora for cooking. I didn't know. I didn't know that was a. Yeah. My, well, you know, it's funny. Like there's actually a decent amount of Reddit in our house. Cause, um, cause Jess, my wife, she, she loves Reddit for like question and answers. Like actually it's a great source of stuff about the baby or, or it's a, like a rabbit hole where you're going to get yeah. so much information overload, but you know, you, you can search, uh, you basically just add Reddit to the end of whatever baby question you have and somebody's <laughs> yeah. in-depth answer. Right. Yeah. I no, Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah. Okay. Um, let me see. Let me, let me see what else I want, I want to ask you about. So the other things okay. that, that you had mentioned was, uh, we kind of touched on this, but I want to see if there's anything else you want to add to it. Sustaining creativity through life events. So you're saying pandemic parenthood, living abroad is another one that you haven't specifically spoken to, but. Oh yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, so yeah. So uh, I think we did talk a lot about sustaining creativity through through different yeah. life events and through parenthood. Yeah, in some ways that's so per- that's so personal to each person's journey. Um, living abroad, we did this thing in um, yeah, we did this thing in 2018 where we, Jess and I, um, right after we got married, we like we went to uh, Medellin, Colombia. We lived there for well, we were going to stay for six months, but. Um, we stayed for five months and then we spent like the last month in Mexico. Uh-huh. Um, and so, yeah, so we were just, we were just living abroad. I, at that time, uh, Jess had left her job and was doing some freelancing. I was working for myself, but we had a lot, a lot of time, uh, to just kind of like enjoy and explore, hang out uh-huh. together. And then we had some friends come and visit as well. And I, at that time, actually, I, so I took French in high school, so I, uh-huh. I was not speaking any Spanish, but, but Jess is like very proficient, um, like borderline into fluency really knows how to speak Spanish um but when we were there I took a an immersion class so I was doing like Spanish 20 hours a day for a month that was wild oh, wow. um and awesome yeah and so it was it was really cool yeah it was just an amazing it's hard to sum up an experience like that but it was wonderful yeah did you how did it impact your creativity was it frustrating did you work on stuff was it oh yeah it was lonely well, two things. It was it was lonely for collaborating. And then the other thing is like 
the amazing source of new inputs, you know, because it's one thing to go and study a certain style of music. It's another thing to live somewhere where just the background music is of a completely different nature. Um, And in Colombia, you know, everything. So of course there are many different strains of Colombian music and there are many modern interpretations, but if you're just kind of like, you know, in the city, like walking around, I mean, what you hear a lot of is salsa and the whole rhythmic foundation of that is like way different than what we're used to hearing, like, Uh you know, and so it just, yeah, it's like awesome source of input for, for creativity in that way. And a lot of that, um, how do you say it like sort of clarified later, like it wasn't even happening. It was happening subconsciously while I was there. And then a year later, it's like, whoa, (laughs) I, when I hear that, I know what's going on and, oh, it's seeping into my, you know and all that yeah so so that was awesome um and I hadn't expected that because I'd never like lived abroad before um but then the other part about it it was just kind of isolating because I took some lessons while I was there I studied like some percussion and I met some musicians but um it was then there that I realized like wow like I don't really like just playing by myself I really do like playing with other people and Uh that that becomes a critical part of it you know so I missed that a lot um, even though I was doing a little bit of it, you know, I had that like all the time in Chicago. So yeah, I missed it. Yeah. I noticed this is a side note, but I noticed, um, this, this is not to, hopefully you wouldn't feel self-conscious about it, but I noticed you use the word input, like in, is the word for influence. Is that how you're using it? You know, input, social media, you know, when you're getting like creative input or when you went to oh. the study that you're getting that input, where does that come from? That word? Oh, geez. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. So, okay, here's where that comes from. I'm hooked on that because of this podcast that I listened to last week, which I I didn't think about this. So you said it. But um, do you ever listen to that one? It's called like it's like some philosophy podcast. It's uh, Conversations with Tyler. Um, no, I haven't. I haven't it's, 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 it's a weird one. Um, but anyway, so he's he's interviewing this guy, Ted Gioia or something like a a guy who writes books about jazz. And anyways, he like mentioned this thing. Like, he's like, you know, you're, uh, you're in life, you get measured on your output, your boss measures your output, et cetera, et cetera. But really like what matters more is your inputs. And I, I was like, Oh, that's like, I've definitely had that thought before, but not that word. So I must've just picked that up. Um, but it's funny that you picked up on that. Cause I like, I haven't thought about that at all. So you just input, asked. <laughs> input meaning what, how do you, how do you interpret oh. Um, hmm. Uh, input is just like something you receive, like, uh, anything you're watching or listening to, or, um, anything in your environment, like depending on how sensitive you are, you know what I mean? Like Uh if you're very sensitive to your environment, like certain things can come at you as inputs that others might not even be Uh in tune with, you know? So that's an interesting idea that the inputs are more important than the outputs. And you said you've come I 100% to believe that. So what do you yeah. mean by that? What do you, what, yeah, what do you mean by that? Well, I think about like making records, you know, like um, making records, making tracks with people, which is a process that is a long creative process. And it's like, I guess I think like, as you're doing that, if you're super focused on what the outcome of it's going to be, and the outcome could be oh, I, the track is going to sound like this, or we're going to release it in this way and it's going to appeal to this many people and it's going to do this and that. All these like outcomes around the music, like I'm not saying that stuff's not important. Like obviously there's a business side to music, but when you're sitting there in the studio or when you're writing and you're getting together the music, like 
you're pretty much, or for me, for me, for me, I'm not thinking about the output at all. You mm-hmm. know, I'm just, I'm just thinking about like, I'm going to a place where it's like the place, the things I'm most affected by are going to be, Oh, what have I been listening to when I'm driving in the car? Like when I put on my headphones, like, what am I? Cause it's just like the stuff I'm hearing stuff. I'm thinking I'm going to like trying to clear the mind, go to a somewhat subconscious level if it's effective. And then all those things that I've been putting in, like kind of come out, you know, but I'm not like thinking here's what I'm going to make and here's what it's going to do for me. You know, yeah. so it's not very output focused. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does make sense. You know, it does make sense. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ponder that. Um, (laughs) I'm thinking about, you know, I don't think this is the same. I'm thinking about process versus outcome, but I don't think that's exactly what you're talking about. I mean, I think you're kind of talking about. Well, I, I, you said it better than I'm going to say it. So I didn't even think about it. Uh, I don't know. I was kind of long-winded. I process versus outcome is what it is, you know? <laughs> okay. That's what, it's really what it is. It's really what it is. Can, oh, wait, can I, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I love your music and I, I, I'm like, I'm always curious about how you write. Like, um, are you like an, I, and I listened to your, um, your conversation with Anna. Cause I, I listened to Anna and I are friends. I listened to bad songwriter. Uh-huh. Uh, and um, so I got, I like totally geeked out. This is well before this conversation. I geeked out on like some of your early year tracks, but my question for you is just about like um, the improvising, like do you improvise to write or do you kind of, do you go, um, do you write out the chords first or do you write, is it different every time or how do you do it? I, uh, that kind of depends if I'm writing more of the folk solo stuff or with the band, we definitely, I'll bring in a skeleton that I've thought out beforehand, but we'll definitely improvise and see what sounds good. But when it's more, I guess I'm improvising. I'm coming up with ideas and it's, it's an, as I go process, I'll play around with something, then listen back and pick out what I like and then move forward that way, I guess. But I, I'm, it's not, it is very, uh, solo, you know, you're talking about really playing with other people and, jamming i'm not very good at uh jamming i'm I'm not great at my instrument in that way and being able to just kind of follow people and move to other chords and stuff i definitely need to be alone with it yeah well your music is uh extremely intricate but it also sounds sometimes it just sounds like so off the cuff in a good way that's why and that's why i was wondering you know it just it flows thank you uh yeah it's been that's been great about this this show too. Is just hearing how people create. It can you know be so different. Um, and you're, I guess I'll ask you about that. You know, you've you've talked you've talked to that, but how do you? Is it mostly improvising, or how do you create? What's your process? Oh yeah. Oh. Uh, well, right now. Um, the stuff that I make that is not for anybody else um, since pandemic times, well, since before pandemic, actually when I was living abroad, that's basically when I got into um, just using Ableton. So like the last year, it's been a lot of that, mm-hmm. which is kind of like composition, composition It's loops, you know, like, I'm like, Oh, like I'm like combing YouTube for like cool drum beats of people, I don't know, playing in the street or something, something that is like, not a, not a drum beat that sounds normal, but that sounds like, you know, that's like yeah. an iPhone or something. All right, cool. Let me find that 
beat beat map it or whatever and put it in Ableton. Okay, let's play some bass or play some drum machines, play some guitar. I haven't really, you know, that's like how I can sort of compose music uh-huh. these days. I haven't done anything with a lot of that that material, you know, uh, yeah. because like even the next the next track that I'm releasing was one that was written like that, but then played with like a trio. Uh-huh. Improvi- you know the the thing that is more my comfort zone which is improvising um one take into a tape machine and no nothing digital but like i have this whole world of stuff that's in in the box as they say um and that's my main i might on a good week i might like have a maybe two one two three of those coming out yeah. on a slow week i might not do that at all like a busy like a busy week where there's no time for anything else yeah you know but that's like my main that's my main thing right now um but that's like it just feels so premature to talk about that because i haven't really put together anything in as far as releases go but it's the way i've been writing demos for a few years now do you ever feel bad about your music oh um well when i'm when I'm feeling bad about something, I just don't come back to it. <laughs> okay. You know, I, for sure, like I'll, I'll like go back and listen to something and be like, Oh, that sucks. And then I'll be like, ah, let's chuck it. So it's a sign. One. It's a sign. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's a sign. It's a sign. And then sometimes I also feel, okay. Sometimes I feel self-conscious about making music that is too guitar forward, which is like, if you were to, if we were to take a spin through the demos or whatever that I've, I've been writing in the last few months, like, it's not very guitar forward. Um, but sometimes that's the quickest way to create, especially with people, if it's your ideas, because sometimes like melodic phrasing and stuff, you know, you you can, I love writing for horns. Um, but to really, even the awesome, like best horn players to play with, like, you know, if you're going to be playing a melody together, horn and guitar, I mean, you got to kind of like rehearse it. You got to, you got to tighten it up. I mean, even if you're both stellar players, like to really make it sing. Um, so sometimes it's just like faster <laughs> to just like get a few people together and play the guitar. But I'm, I'm sometimes conscious about making music that's too guitar forward. So like, I'm always want to do a little less of that, but, um, but the next thing I'm putting out, is not that. So. <laughs> what about, what about uh, your practice? Do you ever feel like, Oh, I wish I were, I didn't make enough music today or this week, or do you ever feel, or or do you have a good relationship with it? Do you feel pretty happy where it's at? Um, I feel, I feel pretty happy with that. Um, I feel that as like, you know, as like a new dad, it's like, if I don't like touch the, uh, touch the guitar for a few days, like Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, You know, I do, but I do notice though, like that, if I'm not doing something creative, I do start to feel kind of like frustrated and I could get that frustration uh-huh. out by like, it doesn't have to be by creating. I could get that frustration out by like going for a run or something. You know, there's like many ways, uh-huh. but like often when I notice that like tension building up, I'm like, um, okay, I should carve out an hour and just write something or whatever, you know? And, and, um, and then, and then it kind of dissipates. So in that way, it is almost a little like self uh, soothing, but I would say, and I would say if I, if I didn't do that pretty frequently, I'd probably be a lot more frustrated. So. Sounds like but I don't, is something you do too. That is, same vibe. Yeah. I would think. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Let me, so Instagram's going to kick us off because I think we get an hour. 
Yeah. And then they, and I want to make sure I don't like lose this video, but, uh, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about or, or share with the listeners? Mm, no, I, I don't think so. Um, it's just, it's been like really nice to catch up. Thanks a lot for having me. Um, you made me think about all kinds of things I haven't thought about in a long time. So that was awesome. Thank you for being on. Yeah. It's really nice to see you. I yeah. I want to make sure again to point people to where they can look for your music and you know your lessons. Where where can oh, people yeah. go? Yeah, well, I'm. It's all kind of on Instagram right now. So um, you know, you can find my page and like like many people like you as well. There's a little link in your bio. You can click it. Uh, and the site is uh, guitartactics.net. Um, and that's sort of like the long form lessons are. So, and then for, for music, yeah, it's, it's on my bio and like, I've just got some, some of my, my records on there. Uh, so. Okay. Well, great. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for being on. It was really great to talk to you and just learn thank more you. about how you make all this work and hopefully we'll see each other in person sooner than later. That's real. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jessica. Yeah. And thank you guys for watching and sticking with us and everybody who listens, uh, if you want to know about more upcoming guests, uh, visit jessicarisker.com. And thank you very much, Rami Tassi, for joining us. And I'll be back uh, in a couple weeks, and I'll share that on Instagram, the details, because I forget the date stuff right now. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. I hope you're doing well, and uh, good night. <laughs>